Welcome everybody to uh, the Never Watches Does the Movies episode 3. We are covering Jaws this time. So, uh, my name is Pete, I'm one of your co-hosts, and I'm joined by Kurt Lewin. Good evening. How you doing, mate? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm doing well, thanks. Good, 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 good. So, yeah, as I said, covering Jaws, the 1975 classic. So... We'll we'll talk about whether or not you actually like the film soon enough, but let's go for a quick bit of the cast list. Cast list isn't that massive, to be fair. So uh, we have Roy Schneider um, playing Brody, Robert Shaw as Quint, uh, Richard Dreyfus as uh, Hooper, Lorraine Gray as Ellen Bro- uh, Brody, uh, Murray Hamilton as Vaughn, Carl uh, Gottlieb as uh, Meadows, and Jeffrey Kramer as um, Hendrix. So this was actually directed by Steven Spielberg. If you could. You know, it's one of his early films and uh, written by Pete eventually and Carl Gottlieb. Yeah, so Kurt, as this is one that you've never seen before, I'm not going to call you out for the fact that you've never seen a classic <laughs> before quite like this. Mm. But going in fresh, I'm sure you've probably know quite a lot of the references that were made, but as a film, how does it hold up? So I think uh, this is, well, the first what I would consider an absolute classic that we have covered in this um, um, this series mm-hmm. of the Never Watchers. Um, when I say classic, I mean in the sense of this is a film that is widely acclaimed, and I've always known it to be widely acclaimed and like a must-watch mm-hmm. film. Um, so my expectations were high going in. Yeah. And to be honest, though, I. W- Whilst it's always been on my list to watch, to watch, sorry, uh, I think I've kind of always put it off because I, I never thought that the concept of it sounded that great. To be honest, I, I just thought, how can you make a two-hour film about shark attacks or uh, or one specific shark? Like I didn't know how you'd be able to keep the tension going through a through that through a film. Yeah, I understand that principle. Yes, but um, <clears throat> I'm glad to say that um, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, mm, I could imagine yeah. the heat you would have you would have got if you were, weren't a fan of this. But I might have some reservations about it myself. But we'll talk right. about those as we I go. Do, on. I, I do have a slight reservation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but, I mean get, don't get me wrong. I think this film is a is a wonderful masterpiece. I think it's brilliant. Like mm. you said, it's such a simplistic concept. You think, how can you get a two hour movie out of this? But my God, did they get a two-hour movie out of this? Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I really, I can see why it's heralded as a classic. Yeah. And um, I think it it really does hold up. It really does, anyway. So let me let me just hit through some trivia and then let's just get into it and actually just I suppose gush about the movie. Um, uh, first of all, Robert Shaw and Richard Dreyfus could not stand each other and the two argued all the time, which resulted in some good tension between Hooper and Quint. Uh, and it's very noticeable. So is that the... Which two characters are those, sorry? So Hooper is the... Uh, played by Richard Dreyfus is the uh, the drunken captain, I believe. Yeah, And right. uh, Quint is Robert Shaw's character, who I guess is the marine biologist... Right, yeah, so, yeah. I, I expect when you said that um, before you told me the characters, mm. that would be the two that I anticipate because yeah, they did, 
it did seem a little spicy between them. Yeah, and some of it didn't really exactly feel like acting. Mm. <laughs> um, also, dire- uh, director Steven Spielberg names the shark Bruce after his lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've heard that one before. Yeah, I've, I've seen it before, but it's too funny not to include. Yeah, like, like you said earlier, there's a lot um, I've just just gathered in knowledge about this film over the years mm. from various places talking about yeah, it. Yeah, it's another yeah. one of those, like The Karate Kid, where you've just seen the references in passing through pop culture and sort of stuff like that, right? Yeah, although there's one... I may as well just... I'm just going to say it now, otherwise I'll forget. <laughs> there's um, a line at the end of the film, mm-hmm. um, which I'm surprised hasn't... Uh, it's not one I've heard before, but I'm surprised it's not been in pop culture that much. Um, when he says um, when he kills the shark yeah and um, as it's coming towards him he says um, smile you is it smile, smile yeah, you smile son of a bitch yeah. yeah that's it uh, yeah. that has been a reference quite a lot actually but there is another line that has been referenced more which was the we're going to need a bigger boat which was actually yeah, I've heard that one yeah. right yeah but that was not actually the piece of trivia I did have uh, it's just an extra extra one for you. Um, composer John Williams conducted the orchestra during uh, during the 1976 Academy Awards. So when it was announced that he won the Oscar for Best Score, he had to run up to the podium to accept his Oscar, then run back to continue conducting the orchestra. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, that is also too hilarious not to include for trivia. Mm. So, right, let's get into this, shall we? Because uh, there's a lot to talk about. Yeah, so... Um, we're in a New England beach town called Amity Island mm-hmm. um, where a young woman by the name of Chrissy Watkins goes skinny dipping um, um, during a beachside party yep. um, as she's treading the water um, she gets attacked now at this point we don't actually we don't see what has attacked her but given no. the film that you've just sitting down to watch and the name of it you know it's a shot. Well, obviously, um, yeah, but yeah. I mean, it's supposed to give the ascent, this elusiveness of what, oh, what did, what's done this? Uh, yeah, I mean, like yeah. you said, you're sitting down to watch a, a shark movie, but I guess at this point, this hadn't really been done before, like, you didn't really have I guess any films that were about major shark attacks. No, and it's it was a very gruesome scene, like, I, I, I think... The first time I ever heard about Jaws, it was described to me as a horror film. It essentially is, I think. Yeah, yeah, I can see that, but I don't know. Yeah, it, it's it's difficult to put it in a genre for me, because it, it's not yeah. action, it's not a thriller, but I wouldn't really say it's a, yeah, a horror. Yeah, I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't say it's got enough tension to be a, be a thriller. It hasn't got enough action to be a straight action movie. It hasn't got enough horror to be a slasher or a a psychological horror. But it manages to blend all those genres together to make a cohesive product. Yeah, I guess you could just call it a drama, maybe. Mm. I mean, there's enough drama in the film to call it a drama. Yeah. On Wikipedia, it's described as a thriller film. Mm. I don't know. doesn't really matter. It's a blockbuster, isn't it? I think so. It was a summer... Let's have a look at when it was released, actually. I mean, it was 1975. June. Oh, June. So, yeah, summer blockbuster sort of thing. And I guess 
Steven Spielberg's name attached to it, even in 1975, might have attracted a few people. Hmm. Uh, uh, you've forgotten one key p- key part of this opening scene. She's supposed hmm. to be skinny dipping with a a certain drunk gentleman who manages to pass out on the beach. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is the stupidest thing in the world, I think. It's just, yeah, because she's screaming her head off and he's totally... Just completely blasted. I didn't realise he'd passed out, to be honest. I just thought he was sat there, like, chilling out. No, no, I think he passes out from too much alcohol consumption. Right, right fair enough. Because I was thinking, how far out is she that he's not hearing her? Uh, but, I, um, I guess you've never been so drunk that the room span, like, spans so much that you've just passed out from it. Uh, no, I'm afraid not. Uh, okay, well, good, because <laughs> it's not fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, to some people it is. So, the next day, her remains are found on the shore, um, and a medical examiner um, concludes that she was the victim of a shark attack. So this is when we're first introduced to the police chief, Martin Brody, yeah. who is basically the main character of this film. Yeah, he's, al- um, he's always managing to smoke throughout this entire movie, a real key mark of the 1970s. Hmm. <laughs> And I imagine there was real cigarettes back then. As oh, well. of course it was. I mean, he was probably <laughs> chain smoking those during the set, like during the mm. during the filming. Sorry. Yeah. So he wants to close the beach because of the shark attack, understandably. Oh. However, because this is a popular tourist destination, um, the mayor Larry um, he persuades him to reconsider, and um, there's a scene where they're like sat on this uh, uh, sorry the, they're on this floating barge mm-hmm. where he the, the mayor basically says oh d- don't worry about it we've got this other uh, we've got this medical examiner who has actually changed his mind and um, it, it it was something else not a shark yeah um, even though it was first so, written up as a shark attack it's then been suppressed that it was it was like an ac- uh, a boating accident or something yeah um, and yeah, the, yeah, that's right. A boating accident is what the the coroner um, comes up with. Mm. Um, whether he actually does think that or not, mm. and he's just pulling the line for the mayor as I think what is in, uh, implied. Well, yeah, I mean, it's clear that it wasn't because like it wasn't his intention because he originally wrote it as shark attack and then did a whole new autopsy, I guess, yeah. or wrote yeah. up a new document that said boating accident. So something's afoot yeah. here, obviously, and obviously the mayor's a bit of a shady character. Yeah, and that is... Um, the, the reason the mayor's doing this is because he's fearing that should the beach be closed, then the town's summer economy is just going to be ruined. Yeah, and it's coming up very close to the uh, 4th of July Independence Day weekend celebrations, and it's their busiest time of the year, so... He doesn't want the, yeah. all the boats closed or all the beach closed because all the tourists won't be won't be coming to spend money. So. Yeah, and this is this is the the part of the plot for me that really works. And like as I alluded to earlier, where I was saying I didn't know how you could make a film about shark attacks. Yeah, I'd never really considered it in in this um, in this sense of mm. what you could frame a shark attack around um, of this of a town's summer economy so like you you do you, you do understand the mayor's predicament of course yeah even though 
he's a wrong one for <laughs> well yeah he's definitely a wrong one for actually thinking like that he shouldn't be shutting the beach down just like when people have died yeah and because he's he's given the the other option um, of solving this problem instead of closing the beaches by um, hiring the local professional uh, shark Hunt, fishermen, yeah, I guess. Yeah, shark hunters or fishermen are, 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 you know, used to dealing with sharks. Yeah, who is Quint. Mm. Um, and he, he wants $10,000 for this. Um, but the mayor is r- refusing to pay it. Yeah. Which, at that point, you're thinking, well, I was thinking... Yeah, you. I understand that you don't want to close the beaches. This is the next best way of solving it, rather than just ignoring the problem. Um, yeah, and but, hoping no one else gets attacked. Yeah, but that's the problem. Is that you know, I think this just sets the message throughout throughout that you know politicians themselves were not exactly willing to do anything about this. They just wanted to look at the money coming in, and that was all. They didn't care about the people's safety, and. Yeah. yeah, he's pretty. He's pretty much negligent throughout this entire movie. Like everything that happens is pretty much his fault. Yeah, because this 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 is one of two slight issues with the ha- that I had with the plot. Mm-hmm. Now I know that you need these things in order to progress the plot the plot along. But so firstly, I was thinking a. By the time the third, the second and definitely the third attack occurred you'd be hiring this guy if you really got your sights set on keeping the beaches open you'd be hiring this guy to just sort the problem out for you Um, don't just leave because if you you have any more attacks people aren't going to turn up to the beaches at all no of course not and just look at what all all the residents were like when he was trying to encourage people to get in the water they're very hesitant about it because they know what's going on yeah, well, this is the other problem I had, though. I didn't... To me, if if I was going to um, a beach and it had been in the news that um, there'd been three killings within the past week on this beach, that would be the last beach on Earth I would be going to. Now, is there no other beaches around? And even if there is no other beaches around... I would just decide to spend my time doing something else. I'd sit in the garden. Um, although I guess you could... Yeah, you could still go to the beach but not go in the water. Yeah. But they do go in the water. Yeah, because they're actively encouraged to get in the water and then a shark attack happens. Yeah. I just didn't think that really made sense. Like, sure, there might be the odd person that thinks, oh, I'll take the risk and go in. But it was like a mass of people... A, visiting the beach in the first place in, at the expense of all of the beaches in the area. Well, yeah, that was the thing. And then, all, yeah. and then also deciding to get in the water. But that was the thing, is that the first couple got encouraged by the mayor, didn't they? And then the rest sort of followed in when it was like, oh, yeah, look, it looks like it might be okay. And then, no, no, it's not. But just yeah. this whole passage of events is just a bit stupid. But... Yeah. Like you can you can sort of understand both angles of it and I guess you know, I guess that's sort of the angle that they're trying to take in the film is that no one person I guess is totally to blame for this, but I would say that, that mayor was definitely to blame for a lot of this. Yeah. 
because yeah the, yeah there's something else i'll bring up very shortly because it's in the next scene mm-hmm. but the one last thing to mention is after um quint has offered his his services is that we're we're then next introduced to uh, matt hooper who himself examines um, christie's remains and he confirms that it's an abnormally large shark that's killed her yeah um so local fishermen they catch a tiger shark and they then the mayor he proclaims that the the beach is safe now because they assume that that is the shark that's done the attack yeah um but but that isn't the case um the um what the this alex who is um he was one of the kids that got attacked by the shark yep. when after the beach um was proclaimed to be safe yeah so it's ellen uh, ellen brody uh, and uh captain brody or uh, sheriff mm-hmm. brody i don't know what his title is in the uh in the police force but um it's his kid that goes into like this little bay area that's away from the beach, but then the shark ends up attacking yeah. that area instead. So you soon yeah. learn that this shark is a bit more smart than it is supposed to be. Yeah. Because, uh, um, yeah, because the shark um, attacks one of the kids. Yeah. Um, not not one of Brody's kids. Um, no, but it's the group that he's with, like, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. We've got a dead child, and um, in the in the next scene, his mother confronts Brady um, and blames him for her son's death. Now, I'll, I'll, he he says, yeah, it was his his fault, but if I was him, I wouldn't take that. Oh well, I, I wouldn't. I mean, in the sense that I would say, look, I wanted to close the beach because she's accusing him of not closing the beach. Mm-hmm. I, I would have said to her, look, I was. I was all in favour of closing the beach, but I was given evidence, like signed off by the coroner and the mayor, to say um, everything's fine. Mm. Um, so don't blame me, blame the mayor. Yeah, unfortunately, like the the American uh, system doesn't work like that. It's just that I, I guess in these sort of small towns, the mayor sort of oversees the police as well. So technically, that's his boss. So he can't exactly go throwing around these sort of unsolicited accusations towards his own boss uh, especially especially to the people that are voting him in i get that but on a personal level like the, i can't remember who says it someone i think it's um uh, matt hooper yeah who is stood with him and he says look you shouldn't blame yourself for this and he says yes i should and i was like why uh, I, it isn't your fault. <laughs> uh, I guess it's one of those typical cop tropes. It's like someone dies on my beat, I feel bad about it because I should have done more. Yeah, I guess. That's pretty much the the final slight niggle I had with the film, though. The rest is positive. Mm. Uh, I mean, yeah, I have mostly positive things to say about it, like I said, but I think there's a couple of little things here and there that, like, I would say... Yeah, definitely. It's not a bad thing in terms of the film itself. I would just say it shows its age a little bit, and that's a that's probably my only criticism. What? Well, which part? Uh, just generally uh, as a film, like it just looks very. It it kind of looks dated in terms of its you know 
terms of its filming it style, its its shooting yeah. style, just the general camera technology itself. But take nothing away from it, this film is still fantastically well done. Right. And yeah, because I think I think the um, practical effects of the shark are actually quite impressive. They're ridiculously good, and there's a re like I think the reason why they didn't show it as much was because it would have looked incredibly noticeable so they left it mm. minimal for a reason in terms of filmmaking and I think it works perfectly anyway it's more sort of the unseen threat that makes it more uh, terrifying yeah um, so yeah what, what's what's coming next so um, yeah Hooper he um, empties the the insides of the tiger shark, and mm-hmm. his suspicions are confirmed when he finds no human remains inside it. Yeah, I mean, a- anyone that knows anything about sharks would know that a tiger shark probably wouldn't be able to bite for a human being anyway. Right, but I get, I guess the, I guess fear and panic have been uh, have set in in the village, and they just or the town, and they're looking, essentially looking for blood. Mm. Um, Hooper and Brody they go out in a boat and find a half sunken vessel mm-hmm. while searching at night and within that Hooper dives in and finds a great white uh, shark tooth from the, the hull yeah. um, but he accidentally drops it yeah because th- doesn't the shark turn up at that point or he, get, no. he gets intimidated by something doesn't he yeah it's the um, um, a dead body. Oh yeah, it just comes out. Because I jumped out my seat when that happened. <laughs> <laughs> I think I did. Might have done the first time I watched it years ago, but I I knew what was coming, even though it had been years since I'd seen this. Hmm. So yeah, that confirms his suspicions that it is a, a big, abnormally large shark that's doing these attacks. Yeah. And, they're both of them that go and tell the mayor about this, but he just still continues to dismiss it. Say, and and especially when he um, isn't able to produce the um, the tooth that he dropped. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say he's having absolutely none of it because he can't produce proper evidence. Yeah, because I think he he thinks that he just wants to like make a name for himself within the marine biology community or something. Um, I mean, a bit of a stupid thing to think, but hey, you know. Yeah, I think it's really because he just wants any excuse to keep the beaches open. Oh, yeah, of course. Still stupid, though. I did like the interaction, the argument that was having there, though, because you could, especially from uh, Hooper, because he was, like, really at his wit's end with this guy. Yeah. Um, And I totally understood where he was coming from. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was good acting. Oh, it was, yeah, but the, I think the only problem was is that uh, Richard Dreyfus was mostly drunk most of the time, so any time you see him getting drunk on the boat later on, he's actually pretty slushed. Right. Uh, so then on it, we have the 4th of July weekend and the tourists uh, packing the beaches, mm-hmm. and um, a group of kids pull a prank where they have... Um, put a fake shark fin on the backs and enter a nearby lagoon um, and but then that's when a um, no sorry this is where the 
uh, Brody's oldest son. Yeah, goes yeah. Into the we lagoon. we got the we got the scene slightly mixed up there. Yeah. Um, and yeah. The, the, but then after the the fake shark, that a real shark enters the lagoon. Uh, yeah. And um, and kills one of the boaters and also causes um, Brody's oldest son Michael to go into like a state of shock. Yeah. He's alright in the end. Yeah, and this is the straw that breaks the camel's back for Brody, and he eventually manages to convince Bourne to immediately hire Quinn. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the, we see this uh, this tension between Quinn and Hooper because one is um, they both have different, I guess, philosophies um, on how this. Sh- on this, how the shark should be tracked down and catched. Yeah, but they're both very combative about it as well, which doesn't really help the situation. Yeah. Um, so they set out in the orca uh, to hunt the shark, which I think is quite quite funny actually. Well, the name of uh, it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Using a what? We using a whale to hunt a shark. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Brody, uh, he lays down a chum line, um, and Quint waits for an opportunity to hunt, uh, hook the shark. Um, then the shark peers behind the boat, and um, yeah, we see just how massive how it really big is. The shark is. Yeah, and that is yeah. an iconic shot, by the way. Like that is referenced pretty much in one of the most, one of the best moments in cinema history. Yeah. Just how it catches you so unexpected. He's just chucking this chub out, and then just boom, there it is. Yeah, oh, it's... that's where we have. Is this the where we have the line of? Um, I think we're gonna need a bigger boat. Uh, yes. So he backs away very slowly whilst um, whilst Hooper's just standing there, and he just just dumbfounded, and he just says we're gonna need a bigger boat. And he's just, yeah, it's yeah. just a recurring theme after that. Is he constantly asks Hooper like about need going back to get a bigger boat? And he just ignores him mm. the whole time. Mm. I think I think um, Hooper only realizes it when he sees it for the first time himself, and he's like, "Maybe I should have done." But mm. yeah, he goes on a bit of a bit of a weird one, like throughout this whole s- situation, doesn't he? Though. Yeah. This 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 whole scene. Oh, well, it's not a scene, but this. I'd say the last third of the film. Yeah. This is about catching the shark. Yeah, the third act is essentially catching the shark. Yeah. So the first act is setting up everything. You have a couple of attacks and then you have all the ten- then the second act is all the tension with uh with Brody and Vaughn and getting Quint involved as well and then this is where the third act really kicks in is when they go out onto the boat. Yeah, and I think this third act has the most tension throughout the whole thing. Yeah, it's got the most amount of action as well, but it's yeah. not really that actiony. It's more suspenseful, I would say. Yeah, suspense. Yeah. Um, so then we have um, this the scene where Quentin Hooper are drunkenly exchanging stories about their various scars. Mm, that's what I was saying. That that scene, they are both actually drunk. <laughs> so, uh, Quint reveals that he was um, he survived an attack on the USS Indianapolis. Yeah. Um, which I assume is a r- real event that occurred. 
I guess so. I'm not too sure. Yeah, I'm not too familiar with it. Um, it sounded um, like it was... Yeah, it says here it was like a large heavy cruiser ship in the US Navy. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, we won't go into detail with that. Um, the shark um, then returns unexpectedly. And, um, I think this is the first time it actually attacks the boat. Yeah. Ramming the hull and uh, dis- disabling the power. Yeah, this is where it starts just messing around with them. Like, it just starts knocking at the boat and just doing weird things to it. It just essentially keeps circling it to make sure they can't get anywhere. Yeah. Uh, so they, they work through the night to, cry, to try and um, repair the engine and in the morning Brody attempts to call the Coast Guard but Quint, he seems um, obsessed with killing the shark without any kind of assistance Yeah, I, and smashes the radio. I never really understood why though. That was my that was one of my mm. only issues is why was he so obsessed with this? I just thought it was personal pride thing. That could have been, yeah, I guess, but because you see him like in, in his workshop back on land, he's got all these like shark jaws. Oh, okay. The... Yeah, I must have missed that then. Yeah. Yeah, it must have been. Yeah, because it. I guess he does come off as one of the experts, which is why uh, him and Quint sort of have disagreements quite frequently. Because um, mm. you have that moment where you see it for the first time, and Quint's like, "Yeah, it's like it must be a twenty footer," and he literally just snaps back at him it's just like 25 yeah yeah so yeah I guess you're probably yeah. right on that one he is an expert to some degree and yeah personal pride would be why he wants to take this down it might be the biggest one he's ever seen oh for sure yeah um, so there's um, a, a long chase because um, Quint harpoons the shark with um, another barrel yeah, so the yeah he does this a few times, doesn't he, with the barrels? So there's like three that yeah. go out at one particular at, at any particular point. There's three of them attached, at, I think, towards the end. Yeah, doesn't like one of them have some kind of like tracker on it or something? I think so. Yeah, yeah. I think it did but, for a little bit, but then got dislodged. Yeah, but the the shark is so strong that um, yeah, it manages to drag the boat um, backwards and starts swamping the deck and that leads to the engine compartment being flooded and and all sorts yeah so they um, yeah they try and do some repairs on it like over the time but they don't manage to really do much to it other than get it to move yeah um, Quint as it's because it's being being pulled, Quint has the uh, idea of heading towards the shore to draw the sh- draw the shark into shallower waters. Yep. But he overtaxes the engine. This I didn't really get why he did that. Because uh, um, Hooper was telling him not to. I believe there was a line of dialogue in there that said about the salt water getting to getting into the engine compartment. Right. So when the water started flooding in, you know, they were doing the repairs inside the boat, I guess the en- bits of the engine were probably in that hatch and the salt water mm. would have had an effect on it when it was over-flooding it. Because most of that right. section was pretty much underwater by this point. Yeah, because at this point the orca is slowly sinking. Yeah. And they have one last idea of um, putting out this shark-proof cage with Hooper inside. 
uh, we're intending to yeah sorry uh, was it? intending to inject it yeah with um, a lethal um, poison I yeah guess. so he, so the needle is too small to be able to do it from the boat so he needs to get into the cage uh, to do so and he also has a mm. long poke in like to do to do so so yeah, yeah. this doesn't turn out great does it <laughs> no no <laughs> Because um, the shark basically wrecks the cage, um, and Hooper does manage to escape, and he just basically goes and because he well he drops the spear to begin with, yeah, and just goes and hides for a while. Well, yeah, luckily enough, he's got scuba gear on with an oxygen tank that he's able to hang down in the water for a while whilst all this is going on. Which yeah. is a fair point. Look, there's a shark coming at you, and it's completely destroyed this cage that you're not. It's not supposed to do. So yeah, get yeah. The, get the hell out of there and hide for a while. It's probably your best option. Yeah, um, the shark has greater interest in in the boat once it's um, untangled itself from the cage. Yeah, and um, actually leaps onto the boat. And this this is the first time we have a real proper good look at the at the shark oh what when it comes up at the back of the boat yeah oh yeah that's good and that 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 was good yeah and that was i'd say that's like the scariest part of the film i mean you could and you can obviously see it's not a real shark but it's still really really good though it does look pretty impressive it is yeah. very impressive um like i've been um i'd be interested to um are you familiar at um Universal Studios theme park in um, Orlando. Mm. Um, I don't. It's not there anymore, but there used to be a Jaws ride there. Oh, okay. And um, yeah, as part of that, you'd have a, um, a couple of moments where the shark would um, come out of the water at you. Um, and I never went on it when I visited because I was a kid and too scared. Oh, okay. Um, but I, I wish I did now. Um, <laughs> so I would have, uh, especially now I've seen the film. Yeah. Um, but apparently, from what I heard from my family who did go on it, I think the film one looks better than the the one that, that was on the ride. Yeah, I mean, that doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. Um, there's a, if you're ever interested, there's a, a like, a look some good stories about that ride oh, in my. terms of the, the shark and okay. how they managed to get it to work yeah I'll have to um, have a look into that uh, but anyway yeah it was a really cool scene and um, I was really shocked actually when we see Quint's character get eaten like, even when he was sliding down towards the shark I thought something was going to happen mm -hmm. that I don't know he was just going to kick the shark in the nose or something and it'd go back into the water for a bit and then yeah come back later to attack but no he gets gets eaten yeah to be <laughs> fair i'd completely forgotten that he was one of the only the only person on the boat who didn't survive so yeah, yeah it did come as a little bit of a shock to me again i was like oh yeah yeah to have a main character killed off like that yeah I mean, as soon, so, as soon as you got that first bite in the shark, you, you just knew it was over for him. It was like, yeah, that's it. Uh, well, even then I thought, oh, he's, he's just going to have his leg eaten and someone will save him. Uh, I, uh, yeah, I think by that point I'd remembered that he did die. So yeah, I was like, okay, yeah, he does die here. Yeah. But yeah, very, very gruesome. Yeah, uh, it's I got think... the most amount of blood in it. Like, 
apart from probably the last the last yeah. moment let's say the last bit, yeah. <laughs> I think that's a bit more understandable though yeah because um, the shark that eventually does retreat um, but yeah for a moment when it attacks again yeah because it, it when it comes back Brody shoves um, a scuba da- scuba tank into its mouth uh, yeah so he chuck he, yeah he chucks it in I'm not sure he bashes it with him a couple of times and then chucks it in yeah. his mouth and I don't know whether this was pre-planned, like whether he thought, "Yeah, Sonic, I'm going to shoot this thing," or he suddenly had the realization of what he threw in and was like, "Yeah, I'll shoot it." So I'm I'm sure there's a line earlier on where um, Hooper is doing something with a pressurized tank. Yeah, I, I can't remember. Well, to be fair, yeah. he climbs up a he climbs down the ladder and he knocks and something knocks. I think it's after the shark attacks it, and you get this shot of like seeing one of the tanks behind him. So I think it's supposed to be support sort of showing at some point that they are going to use it. And I yeah. kept thinking to myself, when is that going to come? And then yeah, it happens towards the end. Hmm. Um, I did think it was kind of it, it was quite lucky that the the scuba tank was managed to stay in the shark's mouth without it actually swallowing it. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I did um, think that as well. It was like, hmm. yeah. yeah, it's managed to stay in his mouth at that particular area like for a little bit of time. Oh, now it's at the corner of his mouth towards the side where where Brody is. Yeah, a bit convenient, that one. But, yeah, film's got to film and it's got to end at some point. Because mm. um, then, yeah, we have... Uh, this would... This is um, probably my highlight, where he goes onto the, like the crow's mm-hmm. nest, and um, the shark is um, making its way towards. Yeah, him. let's just establish and as well. This this crow's nest isn't exactly standing up. He's literally lying no, no. in the water still. So this yeah, is like this a is hail mary. He's like, this is Last it. Chance to yeah, yeah, and he he pops off a few shots, misses. He, he, he knows about the tank mm-hmm. and that's what he's aiming for Yeah, because I think he knows he that spot- just shooting this thing isn't going to do yeah anything. he remembered it and he spotted it just as the shark had gone away just before he started winding up for this one so he's aiming for it he, I think he does yeah. say the line out loud as well yeah well uh, and then we have this great line which no, is I mean, definitely I, mine oh yeah I'm in the line itself but like I think he says the, the tank aim for the tank or something he says to himself, yeah, yeah. he actually does say it out loud so the audience can hear. Right. Yeah. And then, yeah, with his, what I assume is the last bullet, he or just before the shark's actually going to get to him, yeah. he says, um, uh, I've forgotten the line Smart, again. Smile, you son of a so bitch. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so good. Amazing. And yeah, the most amount of blood in any one scene for this entire movie because a shark literally explodes into pieces. Yeah. <laughs> it's glorious as well. It's a great shot. Yeah. And I quite liked, because that, that's basically the end. We we do briefly see Hoop come back up to the surface and yep. they're both like really, they're happy. Yeah, they're but, happy that like both of them have survived but a little bit downtrodden that someone else has died. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Um, and that's basically where the film ends. Like, we don't see them making the way back to land or anything well, like you that. You see them um, starting to make their way back, and that's about it. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah they, they fashion like, like a. Back, they? Fashion the, 
the barrels, don't they? Two of the barrels that they used, and a bit of wood, and then they're just paddling slowly towards the towards the coast. Yeah. But yeah. So yeah. That's Jules. Brilliant. Yeah. So yeah, do you want to wrap up? I guess. Yeah, um, I would give this um, five out of five. Um, <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> yeah, they're just uh, stone cold, stone cold classic. Mm. Um, just great tension, great acting. Um, yeah, they've got minor issues with some of the, um, the motivations of both the mayor and the public. Um, or not, not, not the motivations, but rather the actual actions yeah. of, um, yeah. of some of the mayor and the public at large. Mm-hmm. But they're so minor, and at the end of the day, I understand that you needed those those things to happen in order for the the plot to happen. Of course, yeah, um, yeah. Um, everyone is right. There's <laughs> <laughs> not many of many times where you say in terms of movies, everyone was right about this film. Mm. But that's because it's true. This is like you said, this is an absolute classic like, of cinema. There's a reason why it's highly regarded, it's referenced like by everything and such. You know, there was a whole subgenre of shark movies because of this film. You know. Right. Annoyingly enough. We wouldn't have Deep Blue Sea if it wasn't for uh, <laughs> for Jaws. Uh, yeah, it's uh, quite sad that I've seen Deep Blue Sea before. <laughs> oh god, that's not something you should admit out loud. No. Um, yeah, but yeah, it spawned so many like its whole subgenre. Like uh, it made like it made a cultural impact as well because it made people actually physically afraid to go in the water for fear of shark attacks. So, yeah. and the media ramped that up as well. So, anytime a shark attack happens, and still does, they still go a bit mad yeah. about it and always talk about it. Here's a very interesting factoid for yep. you. Um, there's more um, deaths by elephants per year than there is shark attacks. Yeah, I'm not. But s- because elephants are like seen as these, oh, look, cute elephant. Yep. Um, but then. Because a shark is like a predator, you. Yeah. Everyone thinks so. Oh, this more scared of sharks than elephants, basically. Well, really, it should be the other way around. It should be really, but yeah, it doesn't play into that. I mean, when did you have a movie about a killer elephant? <laughs> Stampy and the Simpsons. Damn it! Now we need to make a Stampy movie. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so no, probably not. But it's fine. But yeah, um. If it wasn't obvious already, I'm giving it a 5 out of 5. There's no way I could get around it. Just minor nitpicks, obviously, like you said. Just a couple of little moments in terms of the plot. And, yeah, I just... I think in terms of a film, it's just slightly aged. Like, just in terms of its visual fidelity. But that takes nothing away from the movie because it's still a very good-looking movie regardless. And it just goes to show you that good filmmaking stands the test of time. So... Kurt, do you yeah. want to let everyone know where they can get a hold of us and clearly send us some praise for loving a movie that everyone loves? <laughs> yeah, um, although I've just got two just two last things. Okay. A, first off, we haven't even mentioned the score, which is brilliant. I mean, I um, mentioned John Williams, obviously. I think that goes without yeah. mention, but yeah, the score is fantastic. Um, and secondly, just a quick question. Have you checked out any of the sequels? Oh, hell no. Right. 
So I'll take that as a, a larger void then. Um, I've heard that. Uh, I've heard the second one is okay. Um, but then I think, if I remember rightly, I think Jaws 4 has Michael Caine in it. Right. Uh, yeah, and it's not a good film, apparently. I remember reading one of them like had huge production problems. I f- yeah, I think one of them did, but I can't remember which one it was, but I've never watched them. And 3 is 3D as well, isn't it? Yeah. Jaws 3D, yeah. Yeah, God knows yeah. why. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, if you want to follow us on um, on Twitter, we are at Neverwatchers, where you'll also find our next poll for the next film that we're going to cover. Mm-hmm. Um, and if yeah, so send any feedback to that as well. And um, you can also find um, me and Pete in um, various Discord, so the Modern Escapism Discord or the Rapid Reviews uh, Discord. Yep. Uh, I can't give any socials out because I'm currently not on Twitter, so I don't know if I'm going back on there at the moment. So, yeah, uh, like I said, find us at the uh, various discords we're in. Also, if you want to email, it's neverwatcherspodcast at gmail.com. But, like, like I said, keep an eye out for poll for episode four of uh, Does the Movies. Until then, we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye.